one needs the seas to be wetter We don't need all our cheese to be cheddar Our only needs to get better And better and better and better Hi everyone, I'm Jessica Jake, host of the Better and Betterer podcast And I'm here today with Tanya Cordy of Time and Space Solutions Welcome Tanya Thank you, thank you for having me Today, I'd love to talk to you about this clever um, thing I saw you have up on your website, which was, uh, what's your F type and, and all the clutter it creates. So I was very intrigued and I'd love to hear more about this. Yeah, definitely. What, what specifically, because I could go on long tangents. So what specifically were you curious about? So the F types, first of all, what are those? So the F types, they have to do with basically parts of your nervous system. So now we're hearing a lot about trauma and your nervous system and, you know, self-regulation, co-regulation. And what it really means is, do you feel like you're in danger? And when we are inside of our nervous system window, that's one way I like to explain it. Window of tolerance, window of capacity. We feel good. We feel great. We feel like ourselves, we're connected, um, we're creative, we're open, we're curious. And we're able to connect with other people. But if something happens that triggers us, and if our window especially is small, we don't have a a big window of tolerance, we're going to get triggered and we're going to go outside of that window and we'll go into flight, fight, freeze, or fawn. And the flight and fight are in the sympathetic part of the nervous system. And then the freeze and fawn are in the dorsal vagal part of the nervous system. And each of them make it challenging to think clearly, to make decisions, um, to be connected to yourself. And then they come with like certain kind of behaviors and emotions as well, and actual physiological things that happen to your body. There's a really great diagram that I have hyperlinked from an article that shows like heart rate goes up, blood pressure goes down. Like it's so fascinating to see the number of things that get affected when we get triggered that we don't notice because we're so used to just, you know, being in our our daily routine. Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because so many people are so stressed out and then they get sick. And so I bet in your chart you have too, it's like, well, the immune system gets dialed way down and the digestive system, reproductive system. So when you're chronically in that sympathetic state, it's going to affect you like all over your whole body. So, yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, for example, the flight, if you're looking at relationships, it's, I want to prove, or say fight, like fight. Mm. I want to prove I'm right. Mm. And then you're moving towards someone, right? And flight, you're moving away, obviously. And I don't want to deal with this. That's kind of the attitude. And freeze, you're looking at like, I don't know what to do. Like, these are the, these are the thoughts that come up. And fawn mm. is, I want everyone to be happy. So how does that show up in the rest of someone's life? Right, right. If, if you yeah. think about that, how does that, because we talk a lot about, you know, eating healthy, exercising. Yes, so important. We talk about sleep. We talk about relationships. But then we forget about the micro behaviors and the micro beliefs that happen throughout the day and how they make life unmanageable if we're not going to the root of a trauma, if we're not going to the root of a situation that puts us in that freeze, that puts us in that flight, and then creates clutter and chaos in our life. 
that's really cool. So when you, when you look at this and the four Fs, mm -hmm. you see the patterns of clutter in people's life. Are you talking physical clutter, mental clutter, all of the above? Like Oh, energetic, mm -hmm. their time management, like the whole kit and caboodle. <laughs> because it, it's, you can't separate. I just actually did a video. Um, I did a video on this, on the F-types. And you know, saying that you can't, you can't separate the issues because it's like a school of fish. If one fish goes somewhere or something happens and it's in an ocean with all these other creatures, everything, that whole ecosystem is going to get thrown off. So if I'm in constant flight mode, what's going to happen with my laundry? What's going to happen with my meal planning? What's going to happen with my morning and evening routine? I probably don't even have one. My sleep how I operate in my job, how I operate in my relationships. It's going to affect everything if I'm always in flight mode and I'm running away from the problems. They're just going to pile up, which is very similar to being avoidant if we're looking at attachment styles. Okay. Right? So if we, they, everything connects together. And, and that's the joy and the love of the work I do is like helping people put those pieces together to go, okay, this is how I'm reacting in situations. This is what it is around my attachment style. This is what it looks like in the F type. You know, this is what it looks like with my nervous system. This is what it looks like if I'm looking at what need needs to be met. This is the emotion that might be trapped. So it's looking at the whole picture, the belief, the thought. Because if you just look at one thing, like a storage solution, it's not going to do anything. Right, right, right. Because it's Me not getting to the problem. Yeah. Yeah. So for those who are stuck in fight, like what patterns would they notice in themselves the most? With fight, I would say it's definitely experiencing a lot of anger, aggression, possibly rage, frustration, like just being irritable, a lot of irritability um, and impatient even. And so what that looks like in communication, it would be like a lot of interrupting, um, gaslighting, kind of like the bully controlling behaviors those are a little more extreme but it could be more subtle like subtle passive aggressive um and similar to flight and avoidance like not wanting to deal with the problem and and like pushing it onto other people instead of taking responsibility and what that would look like maybe in a home or in a relationship is blaming so if I blame you, that means I don't have to clean up the mess, literally and figuratively. Right, right, right. Um, if I'm passive aggressive, then I don't have to do the chores because then that other person is likely a dorsal type freezer fawn and they're just going to do it because they don't want to get into that conflict because we're usually in those polar opposites. Mm. And it's probably someone who's a people pleaser and someone who's anxious, whereas the more avoidant type for me, I'm guessing is more flight and um, fight is more the avoidant. And so it could even be, you know, lots of excuses and extreme would be just destroying things in the home, throwing things around, not, not really caring for objects um, and just creating, creating chaos, like a lot of, like think of it in energy, like creating a lot of chaos in order to keep the attention away from themselves. Wow. So have you looked into the DISC personality behavior styles ever? Like, or Okay, this might be this. Someone keeps on, I keep on hearing this. Can you tell me what they are again? 
Sure. So the D, it's, sometimes people say they're different things because it's been around so long. It's in the public domain, but they have DISC. Uh, D is for dominant. Um, and those are the ones who are very decisive, very task oriented, like want it done, um, you know, like want the best. And, and then there's the I types who are very influential and they really want to be liked. They have big personalities. Okay. Um, and then you look at these styles. So why I was mentioning this, because you're talking about like the D style and D I S C, like they all have their, they all have like their superpowers. And then when they get extreme in, in different situations, like in conflicts, the D's might steamroll over some, someone. Okay. In conflicts, the I's might like, um, make these emotional attacks. The S's are the ones who are very supportive and love harmony and they're people oriented, but in the group way. And so a lot of times they do um, just kind of appease and go along, right? Rather than speak Interesting. up. And then the, the C's are considered the conscientious compliant type. They're very task oriented. They ask a million questions. They like every little thing in its place, but all four- okay have yeah all four have like you know you want a team that's a mix of everything you don't want a team of all d's or all i's or all I's. right 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 and so it's i'm just wondering if you've ever heard of that and it all matches back up to like throughout history there's always been like these characterizations into like these four now there's like i the know things but to say like wow the d's maybe tend to be that mobilization for fight um, yeah. and the S's, it sounds like we're more of <laughs> flight. Um, yeah. Those and two. the C, the compliant, the C, the I, or this, I think it was the C was mm -hmm. the one that's more the people pleaser and they well, all overlay. I think they well, all the overlay. Eyes, the eyes, you, well, you, you're going to be a mix of all four. We all have all four in us. What's our yeah. natural tendency? Like, where do we spend most of our time, <laughs> you know, in there? Um, right. but yeah, that could be neat to like see, um, based on maybe based on their conflict style and see if you can match it up to the Fs somehow. That would be, I, I have fun doing that. And I think at the end of the day, it's like the more you understand yourself, not necessarily with the label, because we float through everything. We float through all yeah. these F types. I'm sure, like you said, we have all of the disc characteristics. It's more, where am I in right now? And if you can tune in and go, oh, wait a second, I'm feeling a little bit of aggression I'm noticing my energy going really fast. And even if you just name it, oh, I'm in fight mode, but then maybe another day you have certain feelings that are similar, but you're able to identify it as the D and disc, mm -hmm. you know, as long as you're able to identify what's my state, what do I feel? What do I need? Right. For me, yeah. It's not so much the name label. It's more about, you know, what, I'm, what do I need? What's going on? What got triggered? What need is not being met? Is this something that I need to look at later on in more depth? Is it a past trauma that keeps on coming up? Um, is it just that I'm not sleeping enough? You know, like what's going on? Because then that keeps us in alignment and it keeps us in ventral vagal, really. Yeah, yeah, ventral vagal. Um, we've, I've done a lot of podcasts on, on this. Oh, great. We've called it out or not, but, uh, you know, yeah, because we do move through all the states throughout the day is pretty normal. And exactly. I noticed for myself though, and I love your thoughts on this. So way back when I used to live in New York and I did have that mobilization, I'm doing like this, but it's more like running. Yes, go, I can go, imagine. Go, 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 do, do, do. And like very, um, I was praised like, oh, you're little Mary, which was my grandmother. Or oh, you can't sit still. Like, 
I, and at work, of course, they love that fast, fast worker. Oh, yeah, they want you to. Right. But in other words, I was um, not in the ventral vagal state. <laughs> this chronic mobilization, right. ultimately not healthy. Um, would you classify that? Because I wasn't angry or anything. I was having kind of fun doing it. Is that a flight like I'm running? Like, I don't, I'm not sure where you'd put it in the apps. Yeah, that's what I, I would say. This is where it gets interesting because sometimes it's just a lifestyle and then we get trapped in that way of being and we get trapped in that speed. So if you're in an environment, and that's why I love the work that I do, because it's about creating an environment to support your values and your life purpose. So if you're in an environment around people, especially at work and in a city that it's go, 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 osmosis, you're going to end up in that flow, right? So it doesn't necessarily mean that you grew up in a situation where you had a trauma and then you always were in flight type. It could be an environmental influence. Yeah, no, it's okay. If my child, not that you need to diagnose me or anything, but no, no, no. Yeah. I could see for myself, and you talk about that window of tolerance that I became more hyper, and then someone else in my family became more hypo, but they were like the bad, lazy one. And why can't you be more like her? You know, like that kind of. Yeah. And then you kind of get drawn. It's, and they feed off each other, right? Your past experiences and the environment you're in and flight is not anger like flight is more anxiety worry fear um, like just like Like, a restlessness like yeah exactly that's that's you can't sit still and I I would say too like people who have ADHD (laughs) you have to read that blog (laughs) okay because it's 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 basically the same thing as trauma in the brain that the same things happen to the brain uh, with someone who's had a lot of trauma as someone who has ADHD, they're the exact same parts of the brain have been affected. And so for me, it's more like, okay, well, what's going on with your skill set? How do you react to things? Let's drop the label. What makes you feel that you need to do something in that way? Do you enjoy it? I have a client that we've identified as mostly in flight mode. Um, It is kind of the nature of their career. And they just emailed me to share that they got this amazing opportunity in another country. They went and they're like, Tanya, my flight mode actually came in handy because I was able to prepare so fast. Right. So it's not necessarily a bad thing. Like we need to have those responses to stay safe and not in extreme situations, but like, okay, I got to do this. Right. Even with freeze. Sometimes you have to kind of freeze and rest because part of freeze mode is depression. Depression is just deep rest or suppressed expression. You need to like heal and rest. So they're not necessarily, they're just, their messages. It's just information. So it's not like right or wrong. It's what, how is it affecting you? Is it causing harm to your nervous system? Are you not sleeping because you're in this like mode? Like, (laughs) Right. Like, are you in there too long? Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Cause they are helpful. Like it's, it's helpful to have, cause fight, think of it this way. If someone's crossing a boundary and I don't have that wave of energy to kind of stand up and say, yeah, no, that doesn't work for me. It doesn't have to be extreme, but I'm still in that mode of, nope, I'm not going to do this. Right. Right. Yeah. I think that's key that they really are all truly helpful by in the nature of 
why they're in our bodies in the first place. Exactly. Perfect sense. Yeah. Wow. And so um, when you talk about clutter around the house and things like that, I thought it would be fun to hear, like, what does it look like in the house of someone who's mostly the fight versus flee versus freeze? Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's uh, there are a lot of similarities. I think it's more I think of things as in movement. Right. Because either way, you're going to see piles of stuff. Either way, you're going to see crammed closets, um, long to do lists, like things aren't getting done. I think the difference is that. Let's say fight and flight. You're going to see like, especially flight. I, I see it all the time. People just throw things. They literally just like they'll throw something in a cupboard. It's like we just organized that and now you're just going to dump it. Like what's going on? <laughs> But, but it's a movement thing. Yeah. Your body is so used to just being in that rhythm physically. It's like a dance. So I would say the movement with um, flight is just to dump things really fast and be like, I don't have time. Mm. So that's what it would look like more for someone flight. Fight, I would just think it's more of like a pushing and like pushing things out of the way and not dealing with them literally. Um, like aside from the, what we talked about, like the behaviors and how they may engage with someone that they're living with, with the freeze ones, like uh, freeze and fawn, the dorsal ones, it's going to be a lot of just overall overwhelm. So for someone in freeze, it's a lot of procrastination. So that means they can't bring themselves to do something that, that one small task that would literally take five minutes could be on their list for months and maybe even years because they're overthinking of how to do it because they want to do it perfect. Perfectionism falls in in most of them, right? Because, yeah, perfectionism is is a big um, perfectionism. Perfectionism and procrastination go hand in hand, and that's a side effect of trauma, right? And so then it's like being very dirty can be the more extreme with someone who's in freeze mode because they literally cannot do it where someone in flight mode might do these like very random tidy ups and like kind of puts things back in order um postponing things over and over is definitely a freeze type so interesting because think about it like it's you know getting that trigger having plans for example to either do something or socialize getting stuck in freeze and being like oh i can't i can't do it tonight sorry because they can't Right. And there's no shaming with all this. These are just states of being that people are in. And hopefully this brings some clarity to people to go, oh, wait, I'm not being lazy. No, you're not. <laughs> is there really a thing this is yeah. lazy? That's an interesting question. Like, would you say there is such a thing as laziness? Like you're like, it's usually you're a bad person, you're lazy, get exactly. off your right? Like and if yeah. you really listen to someone's story, no. No, it, it's, it's not, I, I don't think so. Because you, you have to think about it. If someone's frozen all the time, right? And to the other pieces that they're stuck in the past and in the sentimental stuff. So if they're stuck in the past, maybe they were called lazy and then they believe that. And then they're like, well, I'm just lazy. So then there's that learned helplessness oh, right, yeah. that goes with it. Yeah. And it's just that there's just this overwhelm and 
you know, unclarity of what to do. So this is part of procrastination. So it's not laziness. Like I will have clients that beat themselves up and I'm like, how can you beat yourself up? Like you didn't know how to do this. Like no one ever taught you. And then you're also dealing with this emotional stuff from past experiences, you know, like, no, like you can't, you can't, you can't put like carry that backpack. That's not yours. And so it's, I think it's really about understanding where did the belief come from? And you don't have to relive the trauma to get to that answer, but just having a general sense of like, okay, I found it really hard to do things around this age. And this is what was going on in my life. And so then I just always thought I was lazy without them really understanding that that experience affected them and put them into freeze mode. And then that was their automatic go-to anytime they had to do something that was similar. Mm, yeah. Yeah. I, on my last podcast, I talked to Violetta Donawa and she was talking about, um, well, she actually just referred to the body as the earth suit. And oh, I, I love it. I love that too. And I've heard someone else, Shaman Doric called it the biological spacesuit. And um, like with what you're talking about too. And I, I love that you say like, no, there's probably not such a real thing as laziness, right? It's like mm-hmm. my suit put these settings in place for me or is reacting because this is similar to the past. And I'm trying, yeah. it's trying to be helpful to you in the present, whether it's actually helpful or not. not right? Exactly. So that where you said, why are you beating yourself up? It's like, yeah, we just want to be curious and have that compassion exactly and, and, and see what's going on yeah, yeah that's so true because it's you know there there is a point where there has to be some sort of mobilization to take action it's it's that very gray area because if we look at the personal growth world which in a way drives me nuts because it's not trauma-informed right and it's all about go 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 do it achieving something it's very masculine dominant energy and it doesn't look at the balance of the feminine of rest nurturing tuning in and being in your own rhythm and for me when I work with clients it's all about getting them in their natural rhythm it's not about having a checklist of things to do it's about what are you focusing on what are you tuning into what do you need and what are you committing to and what are you prioritizing because if we put it in that mindset that's very narrow the personal growth world of like if you want it, you can do it. It's like, well, yes. And it doesn't look the same for everyone. And there's a lot of behind the scenes work that needs to get done for some people in order to achieve that, because they have a lot of emotional barriers and things to move through in order for it to happen. And because of their life circumstances, they might have to go for it very, very differently. One person might have a family, one might not. One might have the economic resources, one might not. Like there's so many factors that you can't just like pigeonhole everybody and be like, you can do it. It doesn't, oh. Oh. Yeah, I have my bones to pick with the 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 coaching, some trainings and stuff like this too. Cause I've heard, um, again, not trauma-informed things and oh, you know, your emotions only come from your thoughts and just think, 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 and, um, you know, this, that, the other thing. And um, yeah, I like go in my soapbox with, the, with that one. It's and, and I love that you say like the think, 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 because what they're missing is the emotions and energy that's trapped in your body 
the triggers that come up, which is like the button to reminding you of a situation and then the flashback. And the flashback is the state that your body gets trapped in thinking that it's in another time period when it's not. And that's happening before you could even think. Thank you. Yep. Yeah. So, and a lot of people don't even realize that they're having a flashback. They have no clue because they live that way and they just think, oh, I'm angry because you did this to me. And it's like, no, that's not what's going on. You were triggered and you're interpreting the situation in a different way because you're associating it with the past without realizing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's beautiful. I mean, that's just so important. And if you take the time to, with compassion, um, be aware of speaking speaking of triggers. Um, I grabbed her because she (laughs) couldn't start to yell. Oh, Um, so cute. uh, She's protecting us all. Um, what was I saying? Um, just like the oh, compassion, yeah, the compassion around the triggers, because it's not your fault. Yeah. And it's you'll no get, one's fault. You'll you'll get to your goal faster than if you're just beating yourself up over every thought that you shouldn't be having because you're supposed to be thinking this other thing. Yeah. Exactly. And that's where, you know, it's it's really important to balance that inner work with, you know, yes, you can reprogram the brain and reprogram those thoughts. However, still accept yourself where you're at because those triggers and that trauma, they're not you. They're just something that's trapped in your body. They're not you. So I think if people can come from that place instead of achieve, 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 like the personal growth world and coaching and all that, um, that side of coaching does, then it takes away the shame. Cause it's like, okay, that those are things that happened to me. They weren't my fault. I'm great because A, B, C, and D. And now I'm going to spend time looking at how I can release that because I want to be more connected to my true self. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So when you work with your clients, um, you work on getting connected to that true stuff, true self as well. Oh yeah. It's all, it's all mixed together. We use the, for the most part, I start with their physical space. Like I do the initial consultation and we kind of map out what their values are, what it is they're focusing on. And then we dig deep to build goals based on those values. How do we, how are we going to create an environment and a lifestyle to support you? Because people get disconnected from themselves, others in the world through trauma. And so that's one of the main goals of what I do. So when we're decluttering, it's just a mirror image. So before you were asking, well, how does it show up? Right. Avoidant flight is there will be stuff completely disorganized, closets will be crammed, and then the person will continuously buy a storage solution because they can't keep it organized. And because they're not getting rid of anything, they have nowhere to put stuff. But then they just shove it away and there's no rhyme or reason the way they're doing it. How is that like their life? Right? They're not dealing with the past, so it keeps on accumulating. And so when we go to declutter a space like that, and I start asking, well, why do you have this without judgment? Because those questions go, oh, well, because someone gave it to me. And if I give it away, they're going to get mad at me. Okay. And so is that causing you stress in your life by having this? So then we start talking and we start really seeing the themes and then releasing. And then once we get more into the time management, um, 
and their life is a bit more organized, then we can go deeper into releasing those past traumas and focusing more on that. It's like the, the decluttering and organizing is like the treasure hunt of finding all the jewels. <laughs> and then we put all the pieces together at, at, through the process. And then later on, we get, we really put that puzzle back together. That's super cool. That's such a neat way. I've, I've, I've honestly never heard anything oh, it's so like fun. that. <laughs> so, yeah, but it's, 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 it's so awesome. Wow. Yeah. It's like three in one, right? Because you're getting your life organized, right. you're getting your, your health in order, because there is that component of making sure you have a proper sleep routine, morning and evening routine, and all the other aspects of your health and well-being. And then getting to the root of the problem of like, well, why was this so hard for you? What skills do you need to learn and what trauma needs to be released and reframed? Yeah. Yeah. There was someone in my family who was a, I, I would swear like a legit hoarder. And, okay. um, but I think back to his childhood and his parents' childhood. And I'm pretty sure his mom like watched siblings like starve or maybe okay. and herself yeah. like, not eating. And, and she was saving, but she was reusing it. Like every little thing, like strings that were on the bakery boxes she tried to do purpose for making clothes making stuff yeah and I think I almost think it could be epigenetically because he was he wasn't in that situation himself but he would just keep every little thing even something he'd never ever use ever you know it's um, in yeah it's in their vibration so it's been, it's learned it's a combination of learned and then it's in their genes and like their their I would say their vibrational makeup, like it's in their cells, that way of being and those beliefs and those emotions. Because if it's a scarcity mindset and that person has a child, that's going to be in that person's vibration in their, in their emotions. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's going to come out in a behavior. Right. Right. Yeah. And so he was like, you know, another person getting yelled at <laughs> this or that, you know, like all the bad words coming out. And then yeah. you step back and you're just like, oh, and you like just, you know, this was this cute little boy who grew up around, I don't know how much scarcity, but definitely for his mom, for sure. And yeah. then, you know, now this is, this is how he feels safe, right? I felt like it probably makes him exactly. feel safe. Exactly. And I'm so glad you bring that up because that is a huge, huge, huge thing um, for many people. Not everyone, like some people, there's three core um, needs love boundaries and safety and so if those core needs are not met people will then develop coping mechanisms because they didn't have those needs met as a child and so sometimes safety really does mean having a lot of things because having their physical space cluttered it's almost like a wound like think of it like it's um like cuddling them in a way it's soothing. And then any if there's too much empty space, then they feel empty. And I've had that with clients. And if you go in someone's place and it's completely empty and sparse, does that say something about them too? Yes. I've had that, not, as, not with clients, but I remember seeing that a few times at a certain time period. I was like, what is this all about? And it, I think it's the emptiness in the other direction so it could be you know not feeling worthy to have beautiful things it could be the fear of having and it being taken away 
right? Because it, it, two people could have the same type of home, but if we go in and we hear their story, the reasons for it could be very different. There could be some similarities, but it's how were they raised? You know, what needs were met? What needs were not met? What part of their brain developed? What part didn't? You know, what experiences did they have that developed their beliefs? And then it's just, and you have to think up to age of seven, most of your programming is done then. So what seven-year-old is going, hmm, I'm seeing that my mother's doing this and, you know, I'm going to start doing this. Like, right. <laughs> it doesn't work yeah. like that, right? Yeah. Then so we become adults and we never really question, like most people don't question why they're doing things. Right. And then you feel, what's the word? Like you're the, doing it the right way or what I'm thinking is the right way or how I'm thinking yeah. sometimes is how everyone else is thinking or, you know, and so, yeah. Um, it's like, what do you mean? This is fine. This is, I've been yeah. doing it this way my whole life. And it's like, and they don't see that there's another way. Right. And that there's another way that would be more helpful, right. less stressful. And it would help them grow because they're shifting a mindset. They're shifting a belief. They're releasing a trauma. And it's like, whoa, because think about it. What, with trauma, a lot of times people end up in similar relationships, similar situations, because even though it's uncomfortable and it doesn't feel great, it's they know it, it's familiar, so it's comfortable. So not knowing is scary for a lot of people, so they won't take that leap of faith and try something different. Yeah. Yeah, I was um, watching something many, many years ago. And this woman, if I could remember her name, I'd give her credit. But she said, people end up in relationships that feel like home. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. That's so true. And so what home do you want to create now? If you could recreate it, what yeah. home do you want to create? How, how is it different? What felt good for you? And, and what didn't feel good? And what would you do to change that? Right, right. And where do you need where do you need to seek help to fill in that gap? Right? Because everybody has holes. When I work with clients, they'll be like, oh, I feel so embarrassed. And they'll start telling me something. And I'm like, I'm like, I've seen it all. I'm like, there's nothing to be embarrassed about. <laughs> and everybody has, they, they don't realize that everybody has something that they weren't able to develop because of their life situation. Right. And because they, they, they were using a coping mechanism. And so there's nothing to be ashamed about. It's just that was your situation and you have a choice to change it. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching Gabor Mate talk on compassionate inquiry and he yes, was, I need to look that up. Right. The coping mechanisms and like pretty much anything you don't like about yourself or anyone else. It's basically a coping mechanism. And then all these traumas, everything is keeping you from knowing your true true self so you're disconnected exactly. from your true self and then you don't even realize it because you're so used to it right yeah yeah you're so used to being that way and it's and i think it's finding home and that home is the real you yeah and so you start with the literal home exactly <laughs> exactly because it's yeah. like it's, it's literally a mirror reflection of what's going on in the inside, like literally a mirror reflection. And so it's that practical piece of, okay, let's get your life in order and let's see why this is happening. Yeah.
So my house has a, in front of me, I have this giant agility tunnel and these like different steps of stuff for the dogs. So does that mean I have like fun playgrounds on the inside? Oh, nice. <laughs> it means that your, your pets are important to you. Oh, they're the most important thing to me. Yeah. 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 No, yeah, literally everything about my house set up, it's for the dog. Um, which is cool. Like when my kids were born, you know, it's, everything had to be childproof to the nines. Um, and you, you set it up for them and turn the living room area into a ball pit or what have you. (laughs) (laughs) And a cushion, like soft plush area. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. 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 So that definitely says that for sure. And that's neat that you say that because, you know, you go through different phases in your life. And when we go through different phases, well, then our lifestyle is going to change and our home environment is going to change. And so it's great when you're making a change in your life to then go, oh, do I need to take the time to change my environment to support what I'm changing in my life? That's that's really smart. Yeah. So if you have you done that with clients where you knew they wanted to work on new habits or new things, so you help them arrange their home in a way to support that's. That's how I operate. That's exactly how I operate. So for example, the best example is the kitchen, you know, someone wanting to get healthy, to eat healthier. Okay. Well, we need to organize your kitchen because if your kitchen's a mess, if it's filled with junk food, if you have no sense of, you know, what's there and how to use the space, then how can you just magically start eating healthy? It's not going to happen. So let's get the physical space in order. And then Let's look at your time management to see how are you going to approach meal planning? How are you going to approach, um, you know, getting groceries and whatnot and making sure you have enough for the week and being efficient? And how can you do batch cooking? And then when we do that, well, where does resistance come up? How can we work through that resistance to see what is it telling us? Because I can give techniques till the cows come home, right? Right. So it's super personalized so you could... Exactly. Make a difference. That's that makes so sense. So much sense. Because if if a person feels guilt all the time, and we have set up their kitchen, we've given them a schedule. We have like a meal plan for the week. They know what groceries to get, but they feel guilty, and they're always helping other people because they're a sorry people pleaser, um, and they don't do their meal planning. Then what? Well, we have to look at that to see why that's happening. Because right. we've now set up the space, but if we don't set up the internal space to be ready, then it's not going to happen. And that's why, like, when you work with a professional organizer, they're just going to focus on the strategy. They're not going to focus on the internal. And then it'll just probably just go back to a mess. <laughs> and that would happen often when I first started. I would go back the next week and I'd be like, oh, come on, please. <laughs> Like we just did all this work and, and I was approaching it from a behavioral perspective of like, we need to change the behaviors and the beliefs, but I was, you know, I was brand new and I didn't, I didn't know how to communicate that clearly to the clients. And they thought they were just hiring an organizer. And I was like, well, no, I want you to do this too. And (laughs) so it was definitely um, a trial and error and just really changing the communication on my website and my blogs and all that to be like, I'm helping you change and get to the root of the problem and find out why is this happening aside from needing to learn strategies. That's awesome. Thank you. Yeah. So what are you up to? What, what could 
we look uh, keep a lookout for any new programs, any new yeah. channels, yes. podcasts, whatever. Yeah, I'm doing I'm doing um, we, like weekly, biweekly videos that basically talk about things that we're talking about today, just to kind of help people get a sense of where they're at and start asking questions and being curious. Um, as far as my services go, I do a combination of online and in person. I'm all the way in Toronto. I know that you're in California. Yeah. And so I do do online. And I'm actually starting a course in April called Anxiety and the Clutter It Creates. Because there's a definite connection between anxiety and how people struggle with being able to keep up. And so I really wanted to focus on that because all the clients I've ever had, I don't think there's ever really been any of them that didn't struggle with anxiety. Wow. And it's interesting. Um, I guess like what I've found this to give like an analogy of sorts, is like someone had come to me, this was way back. It's like, you build me a website. And I said, you know, it'd be $1,700 or $1,800. And they're like, no, no, no. And then I went to work for an agency and the same people came back and they're like, we want you to do stuff. It's like, I'm working at agency now, just come bring it to the new agency where I'm at. Okay. And um, the guy, he wanted a video of himself to like pop up and point at things in the website. And he paid as much as he would have for a whole website just to have this little video. And so there was like that, like vanity component to it. Oh, it's not worth it for a website. But to see myself up on the on the on and a video I could pay a ton um and and also like with health it's like we have to take care of ourselves and our bodies but a lot of times it's like oh my face my skin my wrinkles so right. the long where I'm getting at with this is did you find that people come to you because it's easier for them to care about their house and surroundings and to focus on themselves and then that's just like the hidden yeah thing. that that's and as I said earlier like in the beginning people just wanted the superficial. Yeah. And so now I have a whole process where I do a clarity call and then I do my initial consultation, which is an hour and a half. And in both of those, it's very clear that this is beyond just the superficial. And I'm asking you deep questions to see what your awareness is and if you're willing to change, because that's, that's the main criteria to work with me is like, do you want to change? Do you want to grow? Do you want to understand the why behind your clutter and overcome it for good? Yeah. Right? And do you and get so people that, who are just like, no, I just want someone to clear my house and then <laughs> turn them Yes. Yeah. At the odd time, the odd time now, because my website, I think is pretty clear. Okay. That, you know, this isn't a quick fix. It's not about a quick fix. It's really about, you know, getting uncomfortable, being vulnerable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and without judgment, like I really, for me, I ask the questions and there's no judgment. It's, it's just trying to understand so I can reflect back and then they can go, Oh, that's what's going on. Okay. Yes. That makes sense. Now I understand. Do you do work with couples and find like challenges with the dynamic between them? Yeah. It's a little tricky. I'm technically not, I'm not trained to, so I prefer to work with just one person. And then I can give suggestions to the other partner. Like I would have to work with them separately. I can together. It's, it's too challenging because I'm, it, it's thing with this way. It's like a regular therapist working with a couple and doing couples therapy. They're not trained. 
Right, right, right. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm trained to work one-on-one. And so I can work with the one person and then it's kind of like a ripple effect where they're learning to set boundaries. They're learning how to communicate. They do it and osmosis happens. And then all of a sudden their partner starts decluttering without them saying anything. It's happened. (laughs) That's beautiful. Wow. Yeah. Great. So do you have an invitation or a challenge or a suggestion for something the listeners could try out for the next couple weeks or so in their lives to I like that. Yeah. Incorporate some of your, your, your genius here. I would say, get curious, really get curious of the why behind your clutter. Um, I would recommend reading my last three blogs, the one on ADHD, the F type and trauma and the effects that the clutter creates. There was one that I did overall. And after reading those really go, okay, Let me look at one piece of clutter in my life and let me see how it affects me. Let me see if I can figure out that why. And then if they're still having trouble, feel free to reach out and book a clarity call. Because in that clarity call, people usually go, oh, okay. (laughs) They get some clarity onto that. Yeah, definitely. That, That would be my challenge. So cool. So I know your website is timeandspacesolutions.com. Yeah. Uh, can we find you elsewhere on the web? Later yes, with- Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Okay, great. Yeah, great. and YouTube, and YouTube as well. And it's all Time and Space Solutions or my name. Perfect. All right, good. Yeah. We'll put all that in the show notes as well. So okay. a big thank you for coming on. This was so interesting. Oh, thank you. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna definitely have to pay attention to my my clutter. Um (laughs) (laughs) my dog clutter. Um (laughs) I'll 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 keep an eye out for your upcoming course though. That sounds awesome too. So yes, thank you so much. Yeah, and I can give you that link as well if people are interested, anxiety and the clutter it creates. That all in the show notes. Thank you so much again. Thank you. Take care. This is Falkley. Sunlight streaming and better. Shine off like the beans. Looks better. Keep on dreaming.